Welcome to Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. This is our third time recording this opening because I didn't plug in one of the mics the first time. And believe me, you missed some, some fucking great jokes. Some of the best of our career. You're not missing him now. Because I can't come up with a riff here. Uh, we are actively depriving you of content. Anyway, I'm Denar Dale, a.k.a. Blind Monkey. I am Sam Legault, a.k.a. Mute Monkey. And today's show... It's just one today. Just one today. It was going to be two, but the second one was so goddamn boring, we decided to stretch this one out to an hour, because I think there's an hour's worth of material. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I'm going to dedicate five minutes to talking about the first show, just to make our our description accurate. Cool, cool, cool. But can you remember its name? I can remember its name. That's the only thing I can remember about it. It is Val X Love. Goddamn. That's good. That's good. That's better than I'm doing right now, because I... I forgot what that show was the second I started watching it. Motherfucker, I am a professional. And its opening line was to the effect of, A maiden's power is love. Or some or something like that. I don't know. We've got it written down in the notes or something. It, it, it's, it starts out with what is kind of being advertised as a truism or something. It's mostly just a meaningless string of words. And, yeah, uh, I think, I mean, actually, it's a little worse than a meaningless string of words. It's, there's a layer between, like, cliche and truism that's just sort of word vomit. Like, there are, there and, that's, are and that's where this thing lives. Yeah, there are ideas that are tried, but not interesting or insightful. I almost feel disingenuous talking the kind of shit that I'm about to talk about this thing, because in fairness, I didn't make it. 10 minutes into the episode, but it was so boring. I remember the OP. I was, I was watching the OP, and um, I give a couple more fucks about OPs than Denard does. Just a few more. Um, I think I give two demi fucks on the metric fuck scale, which aren't, you know, as popular in America as Imperial units. I think I give two fucks, except there's an E after the K. I think in America, the unit for a fuck is a retweet. I give no retweets. <laughs> About OPs. I mean, I notice when they're good or bad, but... The point being, uh, this show begins with its OP. Like, we don't get a cold open or, or really anything. Um, a lot of the time, you'll notice that the first episode of an anime these days does not even feature the OP. Like, it'll be playing over the... Or the song from the OP will be playing over the end credits of the first episode. And that's, uh, that's what you get. I watched this OP. It plays right off the bat. Barely animated. Everything is either just uh, being flashed in front of you and it's flat and nothing's moving, or if it is moving, then it is moving across the screen. Still not animated, just being moved from one side of the screen to another. It is real Newgrounds, and I don't mean their better moments. I mean the things that 13-year-olds threw up on there between, I don't know, math and English class. When they let you into the computer lab after you pick the lock. The OP did give me a thought with that fucking show, though. But with, with and I know end. why. I know why they just put it out there. In sales, they always say, "Just when you have bad news, just get the elephant in the room out of the way. Just attack it head on." And they knew of that OP. They didn't have shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of these shows, like they go for that cinematic feel in that first episode, and then like what music, what opening will go with it in the future is like a little treat for the second episode for the people who like stick around and keep watching. And they did not want to set themselves up for failure. They're like, someone on every staff is smart. And that was one of the smart guys' calls. <laughs> just like, front load it. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Just, like if they're going to watch, they're going to watch. <laughs> yeah. That is the exact mentality going on there. So yeah. What else about Valix Love? We might have been talking mo- longer about Valix Love than we actually managed to watch it. Due to this sort of vast field of nothing that... I know, it starts off a comedic tone, like it's headed towards some kind of partner battling etchy show. This is definitely going to be a shonen action uh, bit, but God, did we not get to that part because it was everything was just so goddamn generic. I couldn't pay attention. I was just, my eyes were sliding to my phone I think the, point the entire time. where we died, it was the second time the idol came up. Someone in this fucking high school, it's in a high school, do you know why? Because you're listening to a podcast called Weeaboo Hell. But yeah, this... Pop idol 
classmate comes up for the second time, and Sam says, in this relatable voice I can't reproduce with my dulcet negro tones, I just don't fucking care! <laughs> and we ended up turning that one off at that point. We were considering, we, you know, we were scrolling through the uh, the list for this season, for fall 2019, uh, before I decided... Now, our second offering actually has enough going on that's interesting and that we can talk about uh, that we're just going to spend um, the rest of the runtime on this one. And I like... Hmm. I'm excited to talk about this show. I'm not going to say that I like this show. I still haven't made up my mind about this show because it is... I'll call it frustrating. I, I like using the term frustrating because uh, you can you can use that yeah. term for a show that you haven't quite uh, the dust really hasn't settled on it yet for you. It's a it's a term that I like to use for shows that have a whole lot of good shit that build up a whole lot of goodwill uh, and then squander just as much of that goodwill um, by doing dumb shit. And oh, being like not as smart as they should be, and you know they they they're, they've got good ideas in there, and there's a really great show, just begging to be uh just begging to be released from it. It still has to be an anime at the end of the day. Now, now I'm denigrating the entire medium, and I'm not trying to do that. It still has to. Oh, I like denigrating entire mediums. Do it. Breathe in the dark side, Sam. Let the worst you come out. I'm like your life coach, but, you know, sort of play backwards. It still has to have all sorts of fucking anime bullshit in it at the end of the day. Um, and not yes. all anime has to have anime bullshit yes. in it. Yes. Some of the best anime does not have anime bullshit in it. And, you know, yes. in fairness, some of the best anime has anime bullshit in it. Um Brotherhood is full of anime bullshit. Uh, mostly, they front load it towards like the first half of the series. Yeah, those were definitely the weakest fucking episodes of that show. By the way, like there were no weak episodes but, of that show. I didn't say, I, been, I'm not saying they are weak episodes. I'm saying the I don't know least mind blowing, least life changing. There, there might have been weak spans of a couple seconds in that show for sure. But surely you are not saying that there were any weaker episodes of that show. Oh, I'm sorry. Um. Inshallah, I have seen before the great one. And yes, there are no weak episodes of Brotherhood, merely lapses of faith in the strength of the material that shall not be. I will let you off with. Hi, we're back from an edit just now, as I made a joke that I did not think about before making it, and uh, it was not a good joke. Fun fact, not every joke that we come up with about religious extremism or realism makes the final cut of the episode, because sometimes we say some shit. Sometimes sometimes I accidentally um, joke about a type of corporal punishment that uh, has... Implications. Implications. It happens uh, to people. And I didn't mean it, and that wasn't the... I. That wasn't the idea. Let's move on, shall we? Let's move on. Let's move on, sure. So when it comes to uh, the show's exact quality level, and I may have used this for a different show, but it's it has breached that threshold where as a child, it's on television, it's on, and you don't change and the it, channel. And you're watching it. Like, there's enough going on to keep you there. Oh, like it's, it's there's an, an idea. Anime network. An, right? anime, ne anime network. Anime yeah. network, yeah, yeah. Every now like, and again, on anime network, though, you'd get, like, a really fucking, like... You would get a good one, like um. You, there, there would be some gemstones. This isn't exactly Fumo a gemstone. Fu. You get like Fumofu. Fumofu was Fumo a Fu great is ride. gold. It's, it's a great ride. We're not comparing this to Fumofu. No, no. If I were to compare this to a program, or at least my opinion on a program, do we name it yet? We haven't named it yet. We haven't named it yet. Wow. Oh we yeah. Are... So this is uh this is the kind of out of nowhere uh kind of dark horse hit of the 2019 fall season. Uh, I can never fucking predict this shit. I, I, I never know who's going to win. A bit, and, like, near near as I can tell, in the circles in which I kind of pay attention to, it has been he getting means some the, traction. Uh, he means the uh, animemes. Animemes? I, I go on forums, too. Um, mm -hmm. Forums, I'll, I'll go on A sometimes. I don't like it going there. It always feels like a mistake, doesn't it? It really always does. Like, I go on CO all the time, and afterwards I say, why did I do that? I just know it's still happening every day, and I don't like it yet. Um, but, uh, but, uh, this is Oreski, um, which is the shortening of the full Japanese title, uh, roughly translated to, Are You the Only One Who Loves Me? It, it, it is a parody of the, uh, of the harem genre, which is a genre of which I've consumed a 
baffling amount. I don't know, does it get the word parody hardwired into it? It has a real half-commitment to that idea. It like, does. It has that metafictional lean on the wall that a lot of anime is attached to right now for reasons that I do not comprehend or appreciate. It feels like it's got some contractual obligations to fulfill. I know that it doesn't, but... It, it feels like there's a man in a suit yelling in the back, you haven't leaned on the fourth wall in three minutes. Do you also pull your fucking funding fucknuts or are you going to do what we pay you to do? Yeah. Yeah. So the premise oh, of Bernard, this show... I'm a, a, a cursing dispenser. I'm um, here to provide all seven words you can't say on television, except for the word... Um, Okay, what, shit, fuck, cocksucker, etc., etc. Did I say cocksucker instead of cocksucker? Am I censoring myself? Are there words I won't say? Oh, right, we just cut out that entire bit about, you know. So we're back. Corporal punishment. (laughs) So we're back now. Um, So the premise of this show is fairly creative. Um, And you'd probably find it mildly entertaining if you've watched as much anime as uh, the two of us have. Which is, it is... Kind of a parody of the harem genre where the main character... Kind of, sort of... Is, isn't... Well, the main character is more or less a side character in another harem show. Uh, at oh, least... spoilers abound, by the way. Like, if you're the type who watches every show oh, every yeah, the, season... The first episode kind of plays the first uh, half or so of its runtime out uh, completely straight. Uh, after which a twist drops and... The rest of its runtime is kind of just the fallout of this twist. The idea yeah, is that a, it like throws itself in as a potential cliche storm, except it goes with this cold open that doesn't really help the first episode at all. Like, well, let's get cold open. I let's know. get through the premise first. Um, the premise of this show is that the main character is a side character in someone else's harem show, right? Mm-hmm. Who, uh is interested in two different women who, on two separate occasions, uh, tell him that they are both into his best friend. They even tell this great story about the moment that they became into his best friend. Oh, yeah, there is a recurring gag that is just different angles, geographically blocked out of them watching his friend after this baseball game have a come-to-Jesus moment and falling in love with him at that point. Meanwhile, our main character is basically just loading a revolver and thinking about putting it in his mouth. Only the show sort of runs over those jokes by... Just let me get this out of my system now, because it's, it's, it's sticking with me. Sure. It has like that clever premise. It has some other clever ideas. Every time one of these things come into play in the show, it like runs over the joke. Someone by, like, will call attention to the joke. Someone will call a whole lot of attention to the joke. Like, you just made a joke at work, and someone laughed, and then you explained the punchline to them. Just, just like, hey, yeah, that was, a real, that was a real knee slapper, guys, wasn't it? <laughs> ah, ah. And everyone just sort of looks at the body of your joke just burnt on the fucking break room floor. The running of the joke isn't that bad. The show is still watchable, good. Oh, it's absolutely I watchable. I would even go so far as to call it fair. Uh, or maybe I'm being unfair here because there are a, there were points in this show where I was I was invested. Actually, I uh, I found myself really engaged. I found myself Enjoying. pretty engaged with uh, Hot. with the characters and surprised, Aroused. genuinely. No. <laughs> Go on. Found myself genuinely surprised with the little twists and turns that they took, which is good. That's good. I, I like, and I felt surprised without feeling like I'd been cheated or anything. And that's like that's a good sign, right? That there. is a thing you want. And sometimes they don't run over the sort of layering of this gag. There's some layers before and below what we described as the premise, but it's all jokes of that nature, like riff on the genre. Yeah. And when it doesn't run over, or if the joke is just strong enough that's still funny anyway, I really enjoy it. Like, the first two times that it dropped its main thing, to the show's eternal credit, my notes just have the words blacked, <laughs> which... <laughs> so re- really, point- really points to them because they did make me... <laughs> pretty fucking straightforward. Oh yeah, no. I, I come, there are a couple of real knee slappers in uh, even the the first couple minutes of the show. Oh, actually, the second first time that the they the second time that they layered that gag, I also wrote the myth of Sisyphus, <laughs> which you know is a, a fun one to have attached to uh, yonder love life. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the uh, the other kind of twist in that show, the first one was that, you know, both of these, uh, both of these characters, you know, kind of heretofore love interests are both uh, in love with his friend. The second big twist is that uh, this dude is kind of a garbage human being who uh, has been put, sort of putting up this front of, you know, I am an anime side character, kind of lovable yeah. idiot, you know, whoever, you know, there's two women going after the same guy and, you know, whoever... Whoever loses, you know, like, I'll, I'll pick up the sloppy seconds or whatever, right? You can almost uh, draw comparisons to a one of the hits last season. I guess there's one rom-com that works every season, maybe. No, that's generous. We've had two lucky seasons. But, um, sorry, I'm not a rom-com aficionado. In fact, in my review of the show, keep in mind that I generally hate this Same. shit. So the fact that I think it's okay, maybe it means that instead of a C, it's a B. Take my opinion with a grain of salt, I guess, but... Sure, noted. Hey, I decided that I really fucking love uh, Domestic No Kanjo, by the way. We did an episode about that quite a while back, and oh man, I could not stop. I I watched it the whole way to the end. I dragged Denard to my house several times so that we could watch that show, and I could yell at Natsu... Natsuo? Natsuo. Natsuo. I guess, fuck! It's so weird that I remember the name of a fucking rom-com protagonist, but here I am remembering his name. Yeah, no, fuck that guy. Okay, well, so the, point, just the a comparison bit. I was gonna make... Oh yeah, go for it. Like, it's an interesting comparison because, like, that one, you had, like, smart, dumb people trying to play Death Note with their love lives. And what makes this, this is, show... This is Kaguya-sama you're talking yeah, about, Yeah, Kaguya-sama right? smart people. Sorry, not, dumb people. Not, uh, not domestic, not kind of Joe. That's, that's dumb people who aren't even Dem- trying to play a game, but are just realizing that if you lie enough, it catches up with you. And this show is basically a less soap opera... Try to stay more on a comedy wave, like a Kato Depth soap opera. Take on dumb, dumb people trying to play like Death Note love games. Yeah, none of them seem to be smart enough. One of them seems to be smart enough. Because a moat of realism, played real cheesy, but a moat of realism within this program is every attempt to set up some kind of like wheels and wheels thing falls on his ass within like two oh, hours. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's really quite fascinating because I'm expecting that. I don't know how, if this is going to be a one core show or a two core show. But uh, it's interesting. The uh, Give there's all sorts of charades. Ending. There's all sorts of there's all sorts of charades going on with uh, this main character. His name is Kojo. His name oh, is MC. His name is main character. I, I'm gonna say drinking. Kojo on this one, and if I end up looking like a total fucking moron uh, when we look it up after the end of this uh, this recording. Then so be it. I've uh, I've been a moron my entire life. Uh, so the so uh, our main character potentially Kojo, but not Kojo, confirmed I, I'm by pretty our sure it's Kojo. Sources. I'm like I'm like ninety percent sure this name is Kojo. Uh, he starts setting up schemes right as as uh, as early as before the first episode. Plots. Right? He pretends to be this you know good genuine dude who's just trying to help out his friends. You know. Uh, chase their love interest and then his love interest in the second episode enlists his help in uh helping him jesus fucking we're we're gonna get to why i'm getting a little bit frustrated explaining this but um let me just finish explaining the uh the the whole premise here so that we're uh so that we're all on the same page uh his best (laughs) friend enlists his help to woo a third girl, the who apple is, of his eye, who is secretly, who is herself, not even secretly, she reveals it pretty much the first conversation they have, uh, who is very quite openly in love with him, but he, the exact does word not, they use is stalking. She says she is she stalking, is stalking him. him. Like they, they and, sort of pull out from a Yandere kind of thing, at least in the first three episodes. Oh yeah, they they pull up. The show kind of maybe we're they gonna charge get, it head first later. We're gonna get to this because I think this is a problem that this show has that it kind of fears the Reaper a little bit on like uh, going there. But um, I want to actually save that discussion uh, for later on, perhaps even the end, because it's kind of a when all is said and done kind of issue. Um, no, so this this third girl, uh, they're all. They've all kind of got uh, flower motifs. One's got like a, a sunflower motif. The second one has, um, oh god, it's not a second flower. A second small purple flower, begonia, not begonias. I don't know. We're about to lose our florist license for this one. Um, I'm uh, yeah, I. But you get the idea. They they all have this if you're, if, symbol attached to them, and we're not really quite sure what it means. Well, no, it. because I was going to use their flower motifs as a shorthand for you know referring to them. I don't know, like 
the, the sunflower chick. Uh, there's sun. Sun is the name of the uh, the, the nickname of his best friend. But um Tish. But um Tish. Yeah. Uh, the uh, okay. Her they call her Cosmos in the show. So sure, let's go with that. That's the student good, council good president. Good luck not thinking about uh, Bloodborne with that. By the way, like I just hear that fucking quote. If we run into Cosmos. if we run into a character named Sky, we will know that. Her and Cosmos are, in fact, the same character. <laughs> uh, and then there's uh, Pansy, who is his uh, uh, the his kind of uh, creepy stalker um, love interest, who is, Believe it for or not. reasons beyond my reckoning, designed pretty intentionally, I think, to look like the chick from Emergence. The uh, the fabled one seven seven zero one three yeah that emerges. All right, we're gonna focus on that point for all because we you cannot walk past that because that is such an it, interesting fucking conscious it's, choice. It's such a, yeah, it's such a choice, and I don't know why they made it. Like, I know why they made it because I know everything generally, but my theory is there were so there was such an outcry. There were so many comics drawing just alternate happy endings for a fucked up life story. Like people would Photoshop Jotaro stopping time or. Fucking Josuke, Josuke fixing, Josuke like punching her life good. Yeah, and I think that they realized they could at least guarantee they make a bit of money by just showing a person that looked like that having a good to neutral life experience. Just anything that wasn't that. No drugs. No prostitution. No um, interesting scenes in alleyways with students. I have my own theory. I think it's, uh, they had far more sinister, uh, reasons than that. Or at least far more cynical reasoning than that. Which is, uh, anime smarks. Manga smarks. They know all about emergence. They are the target audience of this show. They are a target audience of this show. They designed this character to look this certain particular, very particular way so that they could attract manga smarks or doujin smarks or whatever the fuck you want to call I think that makes them. sense like this show approaches it's like light mockery of rom-com tropes with yeah, the it, with that, that sort of meta-ness with a sort of yeah 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 like it's it is it is a nerd about its own genre and it doesn't always work to its benefit in a kind of funny way because um this is a criticism I usually use for worse programs mm-hmm. and uh, this might make it sound worse than it is but this is definitely a show that thinks it's smarter than it is Yes, which is interesting because it is smarter than a lot of the shows that we've uh, tackled on this show. And I really wish that it did not get so into itself because it would honestly be a better show if it uh, got the fuck out of its own way. That is very true. Like, it'll point out a trope about these confessions or something, and then it'll basically turn to the camera and be like, Eh, Mic eh. drop! (laughs) What? I have seen through the rom-com veil. Behold, look at the reality of the world you Gonna drop in. some truth on y'all. Were any of you ready? You weren't ready. <laughs> Your eyes are open now. And not only does it make them look like they go through the world of a Joe Rogan filter... But it kind of takes away from the joke that they just made when they do that. Because a lot of the time, it is a pretty good joke. Yeah. I think that I honestly could go into Adobe Premiere and, like, take this from a 7 to a 7.5 in about 15 minutes. Oh, just edit out all the little... Yeah, no. Like, um, I could literally cut out every part. It just sort of runs over itself and... The one issue is that as unfunny as the little joke addendums are joke epilogues i don't really know what to call them because they're not jokes in and of themselves in stand-up you call it a tag i think tag okay sure i'm uh i'm not really sure see these tags they're not funny in and of themselves but they do make for really good reaction image fodder which i want to in the age where folks can uh talk over their phone right Mm -hmm. with gifs Gifts don't at me. Is that a, yeah? Is that a marketing strategy at that point? I'm wondering like, if it is. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, if the uh, if the creation of gifs or the creation of gif fodder, we're gonna lose a whole lot of fucking respect from idiots here because I'm never gonna not pronounce it with a soft J <laughs> because it's just like sorry. I'm like that's that's how I've pronounced it my whole life. Is it wrong? 
I don't give a shit. Fuck you. I mean, dude, we're an episode after those jokes I made during Azura Lane, so we've really crossed the Rubicon. Uh, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> the thing about the whole, like, gif-jif thing is that people who pronounce it jif do not feel even half as strongly about the issue. <laughs> like, not even a quarter as strongly about the issue as the people who could be spending their time doing something more productive than crusading for the hard G there. It's like, oh, good point. Maybe that is how you pronounce that image file. Did you know that human slavery still exists? <laughs> <laughs> you know that. Maybe that could use uh, some of that ATP you're expending on uh, consonants. Thank you for reading my memo that I wrote in Comic Sans. <laughs> oh, fun. God, what the fuck? But uh, we? we're talking about in terms of shows, uh, smarkiness. Yeah. It has a gag that is over with the fans, and I do like it. And I just feel like maybe this beer is discussion in the summary of the show. Oh, yeah, no, because it took me a while to come around to the gag before. Like, the third time, because it is a running gag. This show does a lot of running humor, even, like, three episodes in. We watched the first three episodes. Um, Because that's... I think that is the proper and amount that you should give a show that you have not yet made up your mind about after they the They do have one. the... Liter- it's, is it literally the three-episode rule, or is it the four-episode rule? It's the three-episode rule. Uh, and then, like, the five-episode rule, if it is especially arc-driven and you find yourself... Still on the uh, still on the fence after three. This okay. is not too arc driven. It's uh, there, there's a lot of like twists and turns and such, but it's not a show like uh, oh god, what would what would be a good example of a, a like good example very arc driven show? You'd really kind of need to give five episodes of before you're ready to make up your mind about it. Let's see. I was gonna say Psychopaths, but they were they liked doing a lot of episodic stuff in that. I'm gonna say any of the Gundam series. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that you should give a, a Gundam series um, about about one core before you decide if you're going to finish it or not. You should maybe, like, I don't know, if you want to get, like, 50 episodes I, I into think that. Should, yeah, that, that works, too. If um, you were, like, start, start, watch the first 50 episodes of any Gundam series, and uh, by the end of it, you, you, you can, you know, you can decide if you want to watch the next series, you know, several years later. And, you know, that started out as a joke, and then Gundam Age decided to punch us in the fucking kidneys, so. <laughs> it, we've been We've been punched in the kidneys. At least once before. It's hard to forgive. It's hard to love again. It was called but Destiny. Yeah, the it was called we Gundam Seed Destiny. To... And, I, and I didn't have to suffer through it as it was airing. So I was just laughing as I was watching that show. Because I'd already heard all the jokes. He I'd already knew, I already knew what I was going into. I was just... <laughs> Imagine like a gypsy fortune teller just told you your baby's going to get cholera and eat shit at the end of this, by the way. Shin just wouldn't... He just wouldn't stop fucking screaming. It's great. Uh, sorry, no. Let's. But uh, yeah, but, but this gag we were referring to earlier, this is sort of a popular gagism, and you know, comedy equivalent of a spoiler. I think there's some shit that is less funny when you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. But like the bench that a lot of confessions happen in a lot of anime. Oh, if you're more of an action adventure kind of type like me, um, a confession is a construct in anime where um, where the aloes are added again. And where the aloes are added again, and just two automatons that can't figure out how to fuck walk up to each other and say, me like you, fellow. And in anime, it has this tendency to happen on a bench. So the uh, when his two friends, the, uh, the one the childhood friend and one the... Uh, Student the council. student council president, right? They both tell him that they're into his, uh, his best friend. They both do it on a bench. Uh, by the second time, he's actually acquired uh, bench trauma, uh, which yep. w- which is actually pretty funny. Once I realized what was going on, um, at the end of the first thing. episode, uh, at the end of the first episode, the uh, the uh, the creepy um, emergent chick actually seems to have purchased a bench. Uh, from like Amazon Now or prior the Prime Now, th- I don't know, like an instant delivery type thing. Uh, had it delivered to the library so that she could do it herself. Uh, while this is happening, um, an Ersatz version of the Imperial March plays, which I don't quite understand. I think I I think maybe I understand what the idea was. I think there was a better song that they could have done an Ersatz version of. It is really distracting. Like, it is basically one key step off on two notes from being just the Imperial March. And I get it. It's classic. It's ominous. Or I get it. You are in a rush. But I don't want to say it, it, it took me out of it. But I don't know. I shouldn't be talking about your Imperial March knockoff instead of... Instead of the gag itself. The gag uh, itself. And wh- when There's the gag itself things, was like... being executed, I didn't quite 
understand what was going on, probably because of this distracting ass Ursets and Pigirl March. By the fourth time in the second episode, I got it. I got it. This motherfucker hates benches at this point. This whole thing we're talking about, this Imperial March thing, by the way, it's like, once again, this show's fucking problem. I know I jump into the wrestling shit too often. And the show runs over a joke. It reminds me of the way that, like, the WWE will just run over a main event by just putting too much shit. Just too much shit. Like, it's like the hell in the cell. You can't just hit him with the hammer. There has to be, like, a red light filter over everything and dark spooky music playing. The cell and it has to be a ladder on top of a toolbox. Hit, hit with a normal hammer, which you put down, then hit with another hammer. I was going to compare it to, uh, to doing too much shit to going too far with a gimmick like for instance all right we're gonna keep on riffing about how uh how chad gable is short all right we're gonna rename him shorty gable because he's so shorty short short nope gable's too long this motherfucker's name is shorty g now i am <laughs> deeply confused by this entire i didn't come here to whine about wrestling there's actually some... yeah we're not here to whine about wrestling like I know a lot of you think that wrestling, particularly WWE, is shallow and stupid, and you are correct. You're and they keep proving right. you correct every week, every single week. No, no, you'd you'd be well within your rights. You could make an argument, and it'd be a good argument. The wrestling is bad. For those of you of a high school age, I encourage you to go to the WWE fans within your school and bully them relentlessly. Tell them that their top babyface sucks now. <laughs> remember, remember when Seth Rollins. Threatened to fucking kill Edge. I do remember that. That, that was, was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. That was like the WWE's bench joke. God fucking... That was only a couple years ago, too. Yeah. He threatened to break fucking Edge's neck in front of John Cena, and I believe that he would have done it, too. The delivery was very amusing. I it swear was- to God, John... Speaking of which, this show has quite the heel turn. Oh, yeah, sorry. Because uh, yeah. Um, this guy's wholesome friend, who he is going through all these sufferings for. Kinda. 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 He's like, mostly for, it's a 75% for himself, more, I know, this show, oh, this, this gets back to your committal thing, because it won't commit to him being a dick. He sort of does do things for him. Yes, that, but his that friend, is the thing. But the friend that these two girls are in love with. As it turns out, as it turns out, is the cosmic dickhead of this show to the point where he starts getting into some like vague rape threats, which aren't right or wrong to do. But the weird thing about it is that it sort of falls out of it the kinda scene. It kind of is just there for a second and then it's forgotten about. Because like, that's uh, one of like those you things... can just say some shit like that and it uh, exists in a vacuum. And after that moment, it's like you didn't say. No, no, that's. No. That's one of those things where after it happens, like, that episode, if not the show, is about that. Yeah, that's the, that, that, is a, uh, that is a line of dialogue on upon which the series turns, and it kind of was just incidental. It, it was really fucking strange watching it kind of happen, watching it play out in front of me, and then watching it just kind of get dropped as the, uh, as the main character. I don't know, the, the premise of the scene is that the main character is hiding... This is this is all a situation that's been orchestrated by Pansy, aka um, one seven seven zero one three chick, emergent mm. chick, whatever you want to call it. She sort of lures uh, this uh, his best friend, former best friend. The guy's name is Sun, as I mentioned very briefly earlier, in and uh, baits life. him baits him into uh, confessing to the fact that uh, he had you know his own dumbass death note for dumbasses plan of his own into uh causing the main character kojo yeah kojo to become socially outcast and uh once she has uh baited him into doing this he gets on this fucking super villain rant and then um obliquely threatens to rape her um which I could do whatever i wanted in this library th- those I? are um it it's not much of a paraphrase that's more or less what he tells her after which um, she says, oh, yeah, again, paraphrase. And then the uh, the main character walks out and proves to uh, to everyone that he's just not quite that much of a fucking dick. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's like, OK, I guess you I guess you're winning the morality contest with this guy. But the here's the thing, thing about that gag, by the yeah, way. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, first off, in terms of like running over tags, 
the joke itself is good and it still survives, but I really would have cut down his whole explanation of his plan by at least, like, I don't know, if it was five minutes and needed two minutes off. I can't say it was exactly those amounts of time, but, like, oh yeah, so uh, it runs longer than it needs to. Real quick, because, uh, you know, the whole discussion about Attack on Titan already happened and we're already sick of it. Bad pacing. Pfft, they're, they're, it's done. It's over. Yeah, the show has kind of shitty pacing. There's nothing interesting to be said about it besides that. Fair enough. Micro joke, not actually that important, but when he does the standoff with his former friend in that library... And he does, like, the power of love, like, shoulder grab. All I can think is, this guy you're fucking with is an athlete with at least, in anime terms, two feet on you. I feel like this fight isn't going to go the way that you're hoping. Yeah, I mean, you think that, and the scene never ends up really going in that direction, but it, it, it does make the whole situation slightly less believable. I don't know. I, I wasn't bothered by it so much. But I guess what I was going at with it sort of falling out of the thing is his friend's reaction afterward is, Oh man, I do feel kind of guilty for being a dick, which is a reaction that you could have to that entire speech until he threatens to really get his felony on. And I'm not trying to do, like, the millennial prude thing. I think you can totally have that show, but, like... That's the you... show right there. That's, <laughs> That's the, the entire ep- episode, if not the entire series. It's like, for example... I would also approve if his friend took out a gun and said, everybody get on the goddamn floor right now. But then the rest of the episode... But you can't just you can't just go back to things progressing as they had after that. That kind of fucking changes things. Because this guy has, you know, pulled out his fucking gad at that point. Yeah. So there's a joke that uh, threw Sam for a bit of a loop, and... Which one? Your face during it kind of... Made me... I, I got amused by it, so... There was this recurring meat gag. Like, think cow and chicken. <laughs> just the mentioning of meat Yeah, in no, the background. I'm, like, I was fucking perplexed. Um, like, there were tickets this, this to a is, movie called Meat Wars. No, this, this, so, so this is really fucking incidental, right? It's just a little thing that's there in the background. Like, you know how, like, in every anime, they don't really want to pay McDonald's for having... Mc, or they don't want to be paid by McDonald's? I don't know. They want McDonald's to be included in the show, but they don't really feel like associating with McDonald's in any way, shape, or form. So they always call it something like McDonald's or McRonald's or uh, it's, it's something like that, yeah, right? It's the opposite it's something of along, like, the it's, pizza. It's something Kobe's. along those. T- yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> oh, man. I'm... Yeah, yeah. I Sorry, I just had some really fond memories of a truly spectacular mess of a show just now. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, so it's it's it, it's an incidental gag. It seems to be that the uh, that the folks who uh, put the gag in there either thought that it was absolutely side splitting, or I don't know. There was never any second draft. They just got to see Meat World Chicken Kingdom, uh, which seems to be a riff on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't know where to start or end with this. The the movie poster. Uh, this this is a just a quick little you know like it's there and then it's gone. The movie poster is just a picture of a couple pieces of chicken. And I don't get it. No, remember yeah, several remember years that. back when you just changed your profile picture to a fucking hamburger? Yeah, I had a thing where I changed all my social media profile pictures and background pictures and like last four Instagram posts to just. I guess burgers, I don't know. I think I just wanted to see how people might react to that apparent breakdown. Like, <laughs> maybe, did, maybe, did, they, did they react? There were just a lot of questions of why. Yeah, there's mo- it was mostly and, just like, why, why burgers? Am I missing something? Was this an inside joke? And I guess Sam is having flashbacks. Like, maybe this is his bench. He has burger trauma. But it's not, weird. Not the burger movie trauma, tickets, but it, it's what it reminds trauma. me of. The movie tickets were for something called Meat Wars. Meat and Wars, like, which I have to imagine is Star Wars, I guess. And I just keep on thinking about those old cow and chicken gags. Though even then, there was like, it tied it into things because they are both like walking meat products. But here it's just there. Meat Wars. And it's not something that makes the show better or worse, but it's just sort of funny that it happened and we just keep blinking at it, just squinting and trying to peel through the ether and see what it means. It's a- yeah, oh. no, it's, the thing's just, it's just weird is all. It's weird, and I don't get it. It's its not its not weird in a way that it's like, ooh, that's weird right there. It's weird in a way that it makes me feel like I'm missing something. 
it is uh, what they call a curious and curiouser. There's a gag that is trying to be sort of ironic, but something... Uh, I think of like a... You know the back in the old days when TV tropes owned the world and everyone's free time? Yes. One of them was the dead horse trope. Yes. This one makes fun of... She's hot without her glasses, but that is a concept that's just been elbowed to death UFC style over and over again over the last 12 years. And they closed their third episode out on the three-episode trial era. Which is a bold strategy, I suppose, Cotton. Uh, how did it work out for them? Eh, I mean, I don't know. I didn't turn off my laptop or do the wacky thing or I threatened to throw it through a window. So it wasn't a Class D terrible joke. It wasn't one of the throwaway gags from Azure Lane, which, as I sit here and dwell upon it, I think it's actually might be worse than Handshakers. That's a statement that bears some discussion. But I'm getting. I, I think. I think. I think that's. Just, we we can talk about that later because I think there's a conversation to be had there, an interesting one. I'm not even sure which side I fall on it. But first off, this whole like glasses glam reveal thing is spoiled in the op for reasons that are baffling to me yeah that's uh that's the thing oh the fucking op by the way by the end of the third episode uh we've been introduced to one two three four five 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 named characters cool all right that's uh that's like that's a pretty decent spread right there right um you could you could probably milk some amount of drama out point is we know that most of the drama in this show is going to come from the interactions between these five main characters. Uh, and I know that the show does have, in fact, a bigger cast than that. And, you know, most shows do, in fact, have a bigger cast than that. And they're going to show up in the OP. But this being a harm show, right? Um, whether it be a parody of one or not. Whenever, whenever characters show up in the OP that are not pretty much immediately introduced... You're really just... They're mid-carters. <laughs> they're mid-carters. You just look at them like, belt. oh, okay. All right, so I guess I should probably bother to uh, come up with, you know, dumb nicknames for you because, Lord, help me. I'm not going to remember your actual names. You're just not important enough. Look at all the walking fast forwards. And you can see they're all holding their little gimmick items. I've got the camera. I'm going to be journalism girl. It's helpful. It is that they are telling us which way we should be dividing our attention. Uh, because Lord knows, after however many years of filling my brain with terrible fucking television, I've got little enough left of it as it is. Whenever one of these fucking things takes off, I always play a little gambling um, game with myself during the OPs of these shows. Mm -hmm. I try to figure out which one of them is going to be the one that the thirsty internet latches on to. Like, who has the juice? Who is the LeBron James of this? It's Emergence Chick. It's Emergence obviously, Chick? You, you... It's obviously Emergence Chick. I don't know. Maybe they're trying too hard. People don't like to be told what to do. Actually, no, that's bullshit. People, they, they knew exactly what they were trying to do with that Zero Two shit. We still have not recovered as a, as a community. Or Jesus, a no. No, even even if the show shit the bed, like, everyone still wants to fuck Zero Two so goddamn bad. I think people are starting to forget how bad Darling in the Fran XXX was, which is impressive, because that show died a violent death. A violent yet protracted. It's like it kept getting up. I think you, you're you're going to have to come up with the explanation on why Zero Two so survives in the collective consciousness of uh, the anime community now. Because uh, this is some malisexual bullshit that I'm not qualified to talk about. Um, sure. So, um, as standards of living increase in a first world nation, there is a tendency towards a, uh, downward tread in the population. Naturally, all of that, um, unused sexual energy within, um, Los Estados Unidos and, uh, Japón have to go somewhere. And they are currently staple gunned to Zero Two's two horns. Or maybe her horns are these staples that are embedded in the brains of a thousand young men. Not all of them are, and I'm not calling people, like, dateless or virgins or anything. I am I just think that there is a vast well of untapped psychic energy that capitalism has managed to isolate and or manifest and bend to their will. 
They're good and, at that. And that is how we are going to power fucking cars in the future. Just unshot cum. <laughs> Pure animal lust. I think I read an explanation once that uh, Zero Two's appeal uh, could really only have come from the minds of the folks at Studio Trigger who had come up with a uh, with a character A, so uniquely designed and B, so unbelievably fucking thirsty with a verisimilitude. <laughs> like a really, a really like well-written thirst for the main character's dick. Um, and I think that is that I'm paraphrasing here, but that is the explanation um, as I understand it. That, that is how it was described to me. Um, I think there's something to that. I believe that, that to make that happen, you have to be both a virtuoso and a moron. And that is the essence due studio trigger. Trigger, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, I am going to borrow a line that I wrote for a dumb promotion for this show. Studio Trigger has a minor league batting average because there is a real brain for baseball attached to a real withered arm. That, or maybe it'd be better to flip that. There was a real steroid fuel arm there attached to just a complete lack of a brain for baseball. This, yeah, this, not having really watched that much Trigger. I'm going to defer to you on this one. I am right. I'm. I'm. I mostly know triggers. Uh, triggers stuff through. Um, you know, uh, fan works, <laughs> gifts, discussion, discourse with a capital D. Uh. Because there's a something about the sort of um, kinetically hypersexualized. Uh, way in which their shows are kind of uh you know drawn and animated and how they play out that is a uh, somewhat I don't know, alienating to uh to someone like me um you're definitely not in their uh sketch of target would, demographics there and, and and again this must sound weird because i i can have and continue to talk about how prison school is one of my favorite pieces of uh media of the last you know decade or so because prison school is, uh, whether you like it or not, it is very easy to agree that it is one of the most hypersexualized pieces of media of the last decade or so. It definitely is, though. I guess it has the intelligence just to be about the thing it's fixated on. I didn't think it's up. Uh, well, here's I, I, the thing: we can, it... we can bring it back. We can bring it back to um, Oreski. We can bring it back to Oreski because both are very meta takes on a certain genre or is just um or literally written by someone who's not quite as smart they still have something though like i kind of have a I mean, i'm of two minds about Orisuki basically because mm-hmm. i can't decide whether it is the product of like a good pen who has like a trash media diet or the product of someone who's not that sharp on the mic but has just been hammerheading better things for some time. Hmm. Well, and I kind of wonder which way that came together on in the pa- in the paged lands. Well, I'm not sure, but this does bring me to the one thing that I think um the kind of not final word that you can say about Oreski, but um I think its biggest issue is that when you compare Oreski to Prison School, right? You have Prison School, right? A show that Really pulls no fucking punches at any point in time. And then you have Oreski, a show that is almost there. It's almost there a whole lot of the time. It will be on the verge of greatness, and then it'll just kind of pull up. Because that show just fears the Reaper. And it really you really get, like, cannot fear the Reaper with this. You've got a show where it would be perfect if everyone in it were like 30 or 40% more of an irredeemable prick. Yeah, if they could just cross the Peep Show Rubicon... No, I need, I need a much, dog barbecue in this show. This thing would be much I need improved. someone to pretend that they forgot the turkey. Like, there was one... I remember when the guy finally reveals his bastard status. And the main character is, like, reflecting on things in the past that were, that were signs. 
they they had the one they had the one like figure it out yourself idiot thing and I almost just imagined just a sequence of things like how are you doing buddy choke and die <laughs> you're so you're so wacky saying all these friendly things it was well that scene was actually What's particularly it? frustrating to me because what? um it it got closer to how I wanted the series to be it got closer to everyone in it is a fucking prick and this is just the misery that they make for themselves. Uh, maybe I'm asking this show to be just something that it fundamentally isn't, but uh, if it's wanting money to laugh at its jokes, then I think it needs to sort of adjust who the jokes are being uh, bounced off It of, also really. just plays the rom-com elements too straight for its own good, to be honest. That's another reason why I think we're drawn to this. Like, too much of it is actually just doing just the, thing. the rom-com thing. It really does drag you down when you both just do the thing and try to be this clever metafictional thing and try to have a bit of that cynical humor, but it, it I mean, wants... there's a way to, there is a way to do that, like, you know, prison school rides that line at times, and I guess it's really, this would almost be a more fair comparison piece for prison school than, what the fuck was that thing, armed girl mock that thing was like walking cancer, but I guess this would be a more, this is a, like, this would be like a nice gloves off comparison to prison school kind of show. Say lovey. Say lovey. Press F to pay your respects for a prison school. Um, God fucking damn it. Only the good die young. I'm gonna say, I want to say that I've never been blue balled so fucking hard, but no, that's that's not even close to true. As we live in a world with a dead prison school and what's the current fate stay? Which fate stay are we on right now? I think it's Aliceization season two. No, that's <laughs> No, that's that's uh that's the other thing that's sort art online <laughs> no we're on fate oh fuck it i don't we're on fate grand order right now sure okay uh motherfucker <laughs> jesus christ no i mean like the really terrible ones with all sorts of minutiae kind of like blend into each other after a you know after a certain amount of time fate stay night my fate fate whatever the fuck might as well be the same franchise as uh, Sword Art Online. I don't care anymore. Actually, when I think of their respective flaws, I will not give credit for because the things that distinguish Fate Stain Art are relatively terrible, but it has its own shitty problems. Yeah, but it's still, at the end of the day, a show with a whole bunch of shitty milia, as is Sword Art Online, as is uh, Food Wars... Oh, I don't like Food Wars very much, and I think it is uh, bad. Everything you love is terrible. I just um, want you to know that. I'm slowly so, creeping towards that thesis. I um. So I think uh, it's your fault. You, this, you listening right there. Why have you done this to me? This is smile. Bitch, nigga says what? <laughs> oh, oh, he didn't uh, speak. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, this is a uh, this is a sort of genre, not a genre so much, but it's, it's kind of just an umbrella thing. Just uh, things that go on for way the fuck too long, uh, disproportionate to how actually good they are. And then before you know it, you know it's it's uh, it's only been like three years or so, but already it's fucking homestuck levels of complicated. Uh, just shows that require you to be a fucking mark for that show. Fate series is absolutely like that. Um, Sword Art Online is at this point very much that kind of show. I don't think Homestuck is really the uh, the first example of that, but it honestly kind of codified it for me. Just the sort of thing where you're either in or you're fucking out, and if you're in, you're all in. Those properties where, not the interpretation of it, like, not in a conflict way, but you could have a degree in the show, and there would be enough minutiae within it to fill out, like, eight fucking semesters. Any show that, like, requires you to be following along with the wiki, that that's what I'm talking about right here. Uh, and, and honestly, I don't have time for any of them, and that's why I kind of group them all together, because I just, I'm in my late 20s, I have a, I, I have a things that I do. Remember when you tried to see if drugs could take us through the Netflix one? The one of fucking Mordred? I do remember. They didn't take us through it. They did not take us through it. Man, I'm actually feeling a little better about Orisuke now. 
No, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, Oriski stepped up to the bat. Stepped up to the tried. bat. It uh, I think, I feel like it grounded out. Grounded out, yeah. I ground. feel like it, it didn't strike out, but it did ground out. Um, or I don't know if we're gonna use if we're gonna use baseball metaphors here. Then I'd say that it probably hit a single, and then and then when the uh, when the next batter came up. It got to it got to second base, but by then, no, he turned to double play. This show is interested in. The I mean, can you imagine of the human experience? Can you imagine being on that bench at that time in that place? What what's it like? What's it take to survive that? We talk about the toughness of an MC. Could we modern people survive? Our friends being confessed to twice? And I'm not saying that modern people are any, you know, more or less strong than uh, people of, uh, of uh, decades past. But there's something just kind of uh, interesting and almost kind of foreign about the sort of thing that a harem protagonist uh, would put up with. Isn't that right? What, what's that, what happens when the societal nuts and bolts just encourage you to limply chase booty with every waking hour? And... At the same time, endure the type of punishment and the type of humiliation that uh, that comes with being our MC, or in the case of uh, of Kojo, not even being a harm MC, being a harm side character, self-professed uh, harm side character. What's that do to you? I like to think I'm pretty smart, pretty tough, but could I sit through? meat wars and then get nothing? Could I watch the same confession be reconstructed from three different... That is a good joke, actually. That's the joke that really builds on this thing. Just, they geographically block out this stupid fucking baseball no, that, that incident is, that like is actually the, the best joke that the show does um, in, you know, the three uh, the, the first three episodes that we watched, and that they, uh, they, they keep returning to this one uh, stupid inconsequential, you know, little event... They talk about three different exits to this to this high school's baseball studio. Four different exits: the north, south, east, and west exits to this high school's baseball stadium. And by the end and of this fucking guy, something has happened it. on this day at each of these four exits. Yeah, some fucking Kennedy assassination shit. Yeah, maybe Stephen King will write a book about this confession later. Hopefully, it doesn't end like the first part of it. Do you remember? Th- okay, I have a question because. Sometimes I feel like I dreamed this. Uh-huh. The kid part of it ended with, like, a weird junior orgy, right? Like, I didn't... See it? No, I did not. I didn't see it, but I read it, and it's like, what? <laughs> Why? Truth be told, I, uh... I kind of avoided Stephen King. Dark Tower's worth their time. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's what I've been told. But uh, I- I've read a whole lot in my time, and Stephen King is just, like, not one of the people that I've read. Fair enough, fair enough. I still think it really needs to be reiterated that this show would be a fucking A-plus show if everyone in it were awful. Just irredeemably awful. And thus, we could laugh harder at the shit that they get themselves into. Because yeah. it doesn't... It's not that I even feel too much, you know, um, sympathy or empathy for these characters. It's just that I want to be laughing at them harder. Yeah, the show's not willing to take that extra step in terms of the distance and it's kind of interesting because a uh a lot of shows will fail to try to bring some pathos out of the situation but this one as a comedy just steps away from the haymaker moments and just emphasizes the things it does and says and that doesn't always work out unfortunately in fact it barely ever does so that's orisuki would you recommend our first show val x love all what? five minutes you saw of it. Or what? What show? Valak? I don't know what you're talking about. I've... So imagine you're an intern at an animation studio, and you ask if you should, you know, move the eyes or the hands, and they say no, just mouth flaps. What does that do to you? Just moving mouths. Now you have to imagine being an animator, you know, in that time, in that place. And being told, you know, to put your career on the line, potentially, with uh, this, uh, you know, this project. You're given demands, right? They're demanding things of you, and they're giving you nothing in terms of resources. You're being asked to put a show together 
that is both a, a high school show, an edgy show, a harm show, a shonen fighting anime, right? And you're given shoestrings, less than shoestrings. You're given Velcro to keep this thing together. What can you do besides lip flaps? What would you do? What would I do? I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. But I'm lucky enough not to have to face with that. The societal nuts and bolts encourage me, in the modern era, not to make stupid reheated bullshit. But we weren't always so lucky. The ancient world was a different place. Just isekai, as far as the eye could see. And your father watched isekai. And his father watched isekai. And you, to please those faces in the ancestor room, watch isekai too. This has been Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. I'm Blind Monkey. And I'm Mute Monkey. And yes, there are no weak episodes of Brotherhood, merely lapses of faith in the strength of the material that shall not be. I will let you spoke. off with a. No, 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 we can't, we can't kick that in. We can't, I just, I just realized the fucking implications behind that one. We're, we're, we're cutting, we're cutting that one. Alright, so shit, where do we start off again there?